0: Hey, Notch, what's happening? Look, uh, Jeff, hey, you're gonna have to come back here. We're gonna have to record another episode before Christmas, man. <laughs> what are you talking about? I thought we were on break, Notch. I'm at the airport. Why are you at the airport?
1: You're from St. Cloud, dude. Well, yeah, but I booked a holiday travel package to scenic Russia. What? My itinerary is pretty booked, dude. I'm touring the Kremlin and the Absolute Factory. I'm gonna go to Putinland and hang out with Heinrich the Hippo huh? and... They kind of contracted me to build one of the World Cup stadiums by hand. Have so. you
0: looked at Twitter? There's a lot of stuff happening, man. If we don't record a new episode now, we'll be old news in two weeks. Forgotten. We'll be relegated to the world of USL podcasting, man. The horror <laughs> that, that Man, there's no promotion and relegation in US soccer. That's why we're able to take Don Garber's checks. Also, what about my trip to Putinland? That was a down payment. Dude, we can use some of that allocation money to buy some vodka for this recording, okay? Alright, I'll be there. <laughs> Coming to you from the Twin Cities, this is Tough Cost. Hello NASL fans and welcome to Tough Cost. I am not you. I am Jeff. How are you today, Jeff? I'm not bad. Not bad at all. It's a little cold out, but that's expected. will not you ever ask me how I'm doing? Uh that's going to be my resolution for 2016. I'm always, you know, I'm such a concerned guy. I'm always like how's my co-host doing? Like I wonder what he's up to. Like Not and I, steamer, I, you, you never No. You never try to find out how I'm doing. How uh, how your your co-host is like whether he's happy, sad, gold, warm, nothing, man. Okay, Notch. How are you? Yeah. All right, well, there we go. All right, let's keep moving on. Uh, what are you drinking, Jeff? It's uh, got some sort of brown liquid I in the cup I think we're order?
1: back to a couple months ago's debut, which was the Eleven
0: Wells Wheat Whiskey. Ah. Yeah. So we lied. We're not having vodka at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, See, if Don Garber did actually send us checks, we would be having vodka. We'd be living in the lap of luxury drinking that, like, sweet Belvedere, which is only yeah. enjoyed by those, like, hot guys in, like, nice suits with, like, beards who kind of look a little creepy and are in those ads in GQ magazine? I wish that he'd give us checks, but he only pays in Bitcoin. It's exactly. so annoying, and Which, I don't know what to do with our Bitcoin. Actually, I, I heard he's thinking of moving to DogCoin because he thought Ooh. Bitcoin was cheap because it was like you know a fad for a while, but then yeah. it got serious. And but DogCoin is still a fad. Okay. By the way, is it Dog or Doge? Like D O G E? I don't know. That's like if it's a fad, it's probably Doge. Yeah. Right. Like right. I, I say Doge. Because it's, it's that one, it's that picture of the Shiba where it goes like, wow, much this, so that. You much know. soccer, so allocation money. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's the one. All right. You're listening to Tough Goss with only the dankest memes up in here. Okay. <laughs> let's move on. We got a lot of stuff. We decided to come away from this break that we were supposedly going to go on and record what's essentially an emergency episode because too much stuff kept happening. NASL decided to basically every single morning be like, you have a signing, you have a signing, Ottawa doesn't have anything, you have a signing Ottawa really
1: doesn't have anything Yeah, no, that's They really got screwed, man we, Yeah, uh, I mean, we'll get there uh, Polite reminder about the uh, iTunes feed change, that's still
0: gonna oh, happen Yep, right? yep, yep, this is probably the last episode to come through this uh, feed but, but look for another kind of uh, sound file that I'll push through just telling you where to find the new feed should be a little bit after christmas
1: well let's go ahead and let's actually start with some non-nasl news and um you uh, have uh, penned a draft of a piece that i think is really well written about this topic um yeah also in the world humble well as it should have um also in the world of podcasting bill simmons is back to podcasting as of a few months ago and before Abby Wombach's last game, which was on Wednesday, I believe, mm-hmm. her last Hashtag US... thanks Abby. There you go. Hashtag only one Abby. Um, she went on the Bill Simmons podcast, and they talked for about an hour and 15 minutes about a whole variety of topics. One topic that she had brought up was what she would do. Simmons asked, what is the one thing you would do? You are made the czar of U.S. soccer. What would you do? I still
0: think con is a better word, but anyway, keep going. Hey, that's... That's why you need to be in charge. And hey, I'm Indian like Gulati. I think Gulati is an Indian name, and he looks brown, so I'm guessing his heritage is Indian, but I don't know that for a fact. Also, Sunil's an Indian name. Anyway, moving right along. You're the expert on this,
1: yes. um, And... Uh, her response was, well, I'm going to get rid of Sunil. I'm going to paraphrase here, but I, I listened to the whole podcast. Um sorry, Sunil, sorry, U.S. soccer, but Jurgen's not going to work. The experiment hasn't worked well. I I think his whole trying out bringing in foreign dudes. The the quote was, these
0: foreign guys. These foreign guys isn't working out. And she went on to say there was uh, some youth development issues. He hadn't focused enough on that. And there were some issues with his um, ego. And, and mm-hmm. too many egos in general in the U.S. men's squad. Anyway, what I just want to quickly focus on, and this could we could write a separate podcast episode on my feelings on this, is the fact that she called men playing for the U.S. men's national team, quote-unquote, these foreign guys, which uh, maybe some of our listeners aren't aware, but I, I'm not from this nation. I, I moved here. I support the U.S. men's national team because it's the country that I live in. My friends support it. It feels good, you know? And, and I'm slowly starting to get more and more ingrained in the sense that this is my team. Mm-hmm. So as someone with that background, it's it's quite jarring to hear someone who plays for the U.S. national team basically calling out people who have U.S. citizenship, whose parents or parent are American, if not both, at least one, True. and saying, these foreign guys. It's extraordinarily offensive to question their nationalism, their patriotism, their national identity, mm-hmm. their... Ability to call themselves American. Who the hell is Abby Wombach to say that? And, and let me put it this way. That's my gut reaction, okay? Mm-hmm. But I think my more considered reaction after a little bit of thinking was, Alright, Abby, you want to make a line between what's American and what's foreign? Where is that line? Draw it for me. Mm-hmm. Tell me what it is that makes someone American versus not American. What makes Ernie Stewart, who was brought up in ne- the Netherlands, who was... Um, uh, in, in Dutch youth teams, school, what makes him a foreign guy to you? What makes Hugo Perez American or foreign? Stu Holden, who grew up, grew up in Scotland until the age of 11 and moved to America. Sydney LaRue moved to America at the age of 15. 15. What makes her American? And these guys playing under Klinsman, these foreign guys. The the two that she cited in particular, and
1: the the, the logic I'm sure that her mind is, is these are the two best players currently honestly probably the two best american players of the last calendar year um would be Jermaine jones and fabian johnson and those were the two which then raises a whole nother point they're also germans
0: yeah which is she's bringing them up because it's jürgen's German, so these guys are german let's bring up the germans which is a problem you forget about guys like Mix diskarud and Aaron johansson who are from scandinavia Mm -hmm. you forget about guys like william yarborough and ventura alvarado because they're from mexico matt miazga is from poland right so, so dual. you have all of these these other guys who you could lump into this argument, quote-unquote, but you pick on the guys who are German because the coach is German. That's the issue here, is that this is not a fair and equitable thing. Her cognitive biases led her to only identify these German guys for as examples. Mm-hmm. The fact is America is a country built on immigration. If you're looking at American culture, American values... One of them might be even hating soccer. So if you're talking about how American somebody is, maybe nobody should be playing for the U.S. men's national soccer team because there shouldn't be one, right? I mean, in theory, yeah. And this is the thing. Evan Ream has a great article he wrote before the World Cup about this, which basically made the point, if someone's got the citizenship and they think of themselves as American, who the hell are you to question it? Oh, yeah. Just go with it. Go with it. Abby Wambach, I think, made some pretty, pretty stupid remarks, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. uh, when she said that. Um, I think a greater point, I won't argue to the footballing merit of it, because I think there's some discuss, true discussion that can be had about Jurgenton's beneficacy, but calling people who put on the badge these foreign guys' a sweeping generalization was terrible. Uh, Landon Donovan has come out and said that he knew some guys who didn't think of themselves as Americans. I'm not going to get into that, because we don't have names. We don't know what happened. We have the word of one guy. And, and Bruce Arena had said something in, what was it, 2013? About America, having people who played for America being Americans. Yeah. So anyway, this is not Abby exclusively. Let's put it that way, right? But this is the most recent prominent example of it, right? All I beg is, when you make an argument like this, that there should be Americans playing for America, please tell me who that is, because if if you don't, that just means that you're kind of making these sweeping generalizations based on your own biases rather than some sound thinking of something that's equitable Mm -hmm. or fair. And not to mention, I mean, Ottawa just signed a player
1: who was born in Iowa who's listed as an international player, you know? And yeah. so then it's like, if you're going to say, oh no, someone born in the Continental 48, well, this dude's an international apparently.
0: So. Okay. that that <laughs> Timely, yeah. but it, I mean, it's just. You're trying to
1: segue us. No, no, no. What I'm saying, <laughs> there's, there's no way that you can define it. It's a nation of immigrants, like you said. And. I think that any way to discredit someone who's willing to, like you said, carry the flag, put on the badge, and
0: want to represent an entire nation, very problematic. Exactly. Well, let, let's keep going off onto NASL matters. I think we can get stuck on Abby Wambach, like I said, for years. Another piece of quick news that is kind of NASL related, well... Not is, anymore. Is, yeah. Uh-huh. San Antonio City Council today approved the purchase of Toyota Field by the, I think it's the city and the county... So they've moved the headlines were San Antonio moves closer to MLS, and my point is no, they move closer to USL, who Spurs Sports Entertainment have an agreement with. MLS still has say yes. Cook, my ability to cook food at home in my kitchen doesn't get me any closer to being a gourmet chef. All right, so <laughs> right. they still have to accept my application. So anyway, point is, Scorpions, uh, a, a news reporter. Out of San Antonio said they're as good as dead. Announcement should come shortly. There's still not been any confirmation. Some other random Twitter accounts, which people say are reliable. Other people say are not reliable. Some of these accounts are saying Scorpions are going to be moved to Las Vegas. But there's, again, uh, yes. no official word. So, viva San Antonio. And there you go. And so, I, I know at least one dark cloud who's seriously considering putting in a bid for the Scorpions mascot outfit. <laughs> that'd be great.
1: That's that's all we could wish for. I mean, that's that would be my Christmas dream if I could get one thing under the tree. So let's talk about San Antonio's rivals, their big hated rivalry, which is of course Minnesota
0: United. Man, I just oh I just went and puked there for a second after talking about San Antonio. I'm so worked up about them. That's oh. what that's what rivals do to you, man. Um, exactly. We
1: alluded to this on Monday when we recorded last before the world blew up in NASL. Lance Lang signed. It is official now. Hooray! Um, Yeah, exactly. Not much more we really need to say about that. We covered that. Check out our last pod, number 32, if you want to check that out. There were some more roster moves, though, that were made that had not been announced. Uh, Minnesota had been keeping a lot of these behind lock and key since the season ended about who would be coming back, who would not. We're starting to see it a little clearer now.
0: Yeah, the only uh, official announcement that was made was that Iago's loan has ended. He's back to Vasco da Gama. I'm sad about that. I, I was hoping he'd come back, as I've mentioned here. Alejandro Vea, or... Vela There you go (laughs) Quesadilla Is Right Is Is also gone He's been released Um, Khalif Alassane Was also released More on that later And Jason Mora Is also Gone To the um, Happiness Of Referees Everywhere In the NESL Northern Pitch, West Berdine, also mentioned that Giuliano Vincentini, Tiago Calvano, and Brent Coleman were all going to return next year to his understanding. And I trust West's sources. So there you go. So Minnesota news. So there you go. Uh, let's, let's go ahead and dive into what I believe to be the, the biggest um, team news of the week, which would be the Ottawa diaspora. And... If, if you are thinking of ending your life, please call 1 800 Give Me Help Now. I think I think a relevant message for Ottawa sports fans everywhere. At this point,
1: yeah, we on Monday had gotten a press release after the Heineman um, signing. In a way, it was kind of a thank you, Tom. Thanks for all you did. Apparently, his nickname was what Super Tom, which is the laziest nickname I've Heine- ever heard. Yeah, that's just a lazy yeah, nickname. They did
0: a catchy little chant that I heard of the fair final. enough. Yeah, Super yeah, Super
1: Tommy Heineman, something like that. Ubi Parapovich. like. <laughs> um, <laughs> And and so they listed all of the players who would be coming back, and they said, these players are under contract, these players are great. The next day... And and we read that list out on our podcast. We did. (laughs) We actually did. So we were part of the problem, I guess, because the next day, Richie Ryan, Ryan Richter, and Snisa Ubi Parapovich all demanded transfers. Well,
0: they demanded transfers a long time ago, announced the next day after we released our podcast, and then about 10 minutes after that announcement was made, the first one was made about where these guys were all headed to, Mm -hmm. which is... Richie Ryan is headed to Jacksonville Armada. Snisa Umi is off to Indy 11. Ryan Richter's location has not been announced. There were rumors of Tampa Bay, but they were incorrect. So we are not sure where Ryan Richter is going to go.
1: Yep. Paul Deglish, the new head coach, had made a couple of quotes throughout this whole debacle Mm -hmm. saying, first, we made Richie Ryan an offer to be our highest ever paid player, and he turned it down. Now, of course, we don't know what that figure is. We don't know how many dollars or canadian loonies that would be Mm -hmm. but passed it up obviously and now is heading off to jacksonville meanwhile he also said that ryan ubi and richter gave transfer requests on his first day on the job that they had mind their made their mind up as soon as dos santos had left and they had already had one foot out the door as he put it
0: you know you gotta ask the question though like if they had prepared for for asking for a transfer that early when when had they been approached well, you know, that, that's a question that I got to ask. But anyway, move, moving along from that, I think another point that I have to bring up is that you saw a lot of venting of frustration from Ottawa's soccer fans on mm-hmm. Twitter or on social media, where the the hashtag #WeAreFurious was used for a little while. <laughs> Didn't the team actually add into that? I thought I, I, I saw know. the official
1: team Twitter account jump on, which was a not the greatest
0: choice. I mean, it, it's it's kind of unfortunate, right? The team goes and does well, and all of its players are picked off. I mean, we've seen it happen in, in other teams uh, every now and then. And and for a while, it really looked like every single piece of news that was coming out that whole first day was another whack at Ottawa. Even, you, you know, we talked about Darko Booser, man who takes over the world, taking over the Ottawa Fury Academy in place of Philip Dos Santos. Well, in in all this transfer news, also it was announced that Philip Dos Santos would take over the Lauderdale's Academy. So, there was just a lot of hits that Ottawa fans were coming up that they were getting. And, and they kept, I think, some of them started lashing out. And Drew Becky, who a couple of days later was announced that Carolina Railhawks had signed former Ottawa player Drew Becky, he went on Twitter to say, kind of criticize fans and say that these guys, the players who had left Ottawa, were all making decisions, and, and he said, for their families rather than themselves. And that fans should respect that. I, I, you know, I buy that. Like that's that's true. I think there's a point at which insulting players and criticizing them for taking a transfer goes too far. I think I think it's natural to be pissed. I think I think it's okay to vent your frustration a little bit and say say some, you know, what you'd ordinarily think of as kind of mean things. But I think there's a point at which it gets goes from being mean to nasty, mm-hmm. and you and you don't want that. No. The, the the counterpoint then, though, is if that is
1: the truth, what does that say about the future of Ottawa as a franchise? Because one thing that Richie Ryan also said, and again, take it with a grain of salt, we have a lot of these kind of he said, he said sort of going on right now. Ryan said that he had made repeated pleas to, quote, spend the money needed to keep the group together, which sounds something like an Eagles reunion tour. But at the same point, it's an interesting look because the first three signings that Ottawa has made after the fact – are Dennis Chin, who played for Orlando City in the USL and spent last year after the so called promotion of Orlando City um, with Arizona United. He's a six foot three forward who's described as a speedster, in my opinion. If your best compliment for any soccer player is that they are a speedster, you don't really trust their technical skills. That's just me. That's what I've seen recently. Um, and that's frankly what the British tabloids are saying about DeAndre Yedlin right now, too. So, grain of salt. Um, <laughs> second, uh, their second signing was Fernando Timbo. And their third was Lance Roseboom. Both of these players played with the Aztecs, so all three of these are USL players who yeah. weren't even like USL
0: best eleven. Like when Chris Tierpak uh, came into the league, actually. The the Dennis Shin has been the high was the highest goal scorer for Orlando in USL in twenty twelve and in twenty twelve, yeah. Rose Roseboom was the captain for the Austin Aztecs last year, so i don't know i've seen some highlights of dennis chin and he looked really fast and it's another ottawa fan made the point that fast guys are always fun to watch on the pitch they are they're exciting yeah. so so i i think we'll see this for me is a question mark i you know these guys come in sometimes and you're like you've, you've never seen him it's hard to say what impact they're gonna have i think the big news is that um you know, with, with Julian de Guzman and more resigning and coming back, that, that that's the big one, right? We know those guys are good. We know Julian de Guzman is a great, great player for Canada. He's an international. So the fact that this team who prioritizes playing Canadians got that guy to come back, I think that's a great marketing move for them. And, and, and besides the on pitch stuff, too. True. And I mean, Ramal Pazer is back. Right. Um, who else? They brought Elvis
1: back? He's.
0: Uh, I. I thought last week or Monday. I don't remember. I thought it's, that he'd resigned. There's so much that's gone on in the last four yeah, days. Seriously, man. It feels like it was ages ago that we're sitting here. It was just four days ago. Right. So there's a core left, but it's not necessarily as big of a core as you thought. And yeah. that, understandably, is alarming. I saw another quote from, I think it was Paul Douglas, who said that the what the team would be trying to do is bring in young guys and then increase their value. So that's that would be their new kind of strategy going forward, which... Hey, it's worse ways to do it. Just, just, finally, one other quick note, which is that with these three guys we signed today, Roseboom, uh, Timbo, and Chin, Timbo and Chin were listed as domestic, even though Timbo's hometown was Cortiba, Brazil, while uh, Chin is from Florida, and and Roseboom's hometown was listed as someplace in Iowa, but he's listed as an international player. Which, thank you, Otto, for actually telling us who's international and who's domestic. I really do appreciate that. But the question becomes. <laughs> Why is the guy from Iowa the international? Yeah. Um, so anyway, these are I, I, maybe there's some paperwork vagaries that that apply. Uh, Jacksonville, Jacksonville isn't done either, man. They're adding more and more first mates to their
1: roster all the time, and it just keeps on going. They signed it, f- signed it. Wow. They signed forward Alex Dixon, who last played for the Rochester Rhinos. He's a 25 year old from Humble, Texas. <laughs> That's the name of his hometown. Isn't everybody? Everyone's from humble Texas. Yep. He also spent time with Reading United in the USL, not Reading in the Premier League like I thought. The Houston Dynamo for a spell, and the Tampa Bay Rowdies. He has eight goals across 42 USL games. They released mm-hmm. a couple of players. Um, Heimik Ostrian and uh, Lucas Trejo. That's who it was. Yep. Um, so they're starting to do some subtraction as well. They've got a former West Brom Academy winger named Danny Barrow, who has represented Wales in the U-17 scene coming The mighty in. Wales U-17 team. Yeah. Yes, yes. So there's, uh, maybe the next Gareth Bale. Who knows? And, um, defender Beto Navarro was signed. He played in Atlanta a few years back with the Silverbacks. Last year, he spent with probably everyone's least favorite Bob Dylan album, the Orange County Blues.
0: Wasn't... Was he the one who was in Switzerland for a little while? I don't remember. Not in their press release, at least, but... It's all good. Maybe. Uh, Jimmy Maurer said hello to him on Twitter when he signed, which is kind of cool. It's nice oh, nice. to see players being like, Hey, okay, welcome
1: to the league, dude.
0: That means they're probably buddies. But uh, I think anyone from Jacksonville last year could be easily just let go off and released without, like, too much of a concern. Like, maybe besides, like, maybe Keda. Keda was the one guy who could, like, Put some goals in Medina. He was inconsistent. I think everyone else in Jackson's roster, you could just get rid of him and start new, and you'd be just fine. Yeah. So
1: at least we're starting to see a shape of what the roster will look like next year. Moving down the highway a little bit, we will head over to Tampa, with probably the new darling team of the league. Hey, in my don't opinion. say Tampa. They correct you say Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. That's true. They <laughs> are. They are very distinctly different. Thank you. Um. Are they what? The different. I think so. I think that there's like a different municipality or like the area of Tampa by the Bay is Tampa Bay and they, I don't know, seceded or something from Tampa.
0: We're not, we're not in Florida. We can just say Tampa. Okay. I'm going to say that. I, I, you were the one I who have corrected said it. it I'm going to go change the Wikipedia entries. It's going to be true from this point forward that if you say Tampa, you can mean Tampa Bay done, Great. done, done. Boom. I, have, I have said it's so, and it is now. So it is now. So mm-hmm. I, uh, yes. Absolutely. So what did Tampa do Jeff Tampa,
1: <clears throat> Tampa, Tampa, Tampa decided to re-sign Freddie Adu,
0: yay, which is good
1: for the league too. You know? Vacuum salesman across the Florida uh state have uh, celebrated. Yep. Uh? So yeah. Freddie Jar Jar Binks Adu is re-signed. <laughs> Interesting point with that signing. Usually you don't get these kind of contract deals. There is a club option for 2017. So the club will get to say whether they want him for another year, which seems interesting because a player with his kind of buying rights could probably go play for like the uh, the Hoover um, the Hoover Kickers, you know, for quite a while. Actually, I hear
0: next year NASL is gonna get a team called Hoover. Like there was that Magic Jack team in the uh, what was it the WPSL back yes. in the day. Yes. So yeah. Okay. Yes. Hey, keep, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> don't let my silly jokes.
1: No, that's fine. So, Jar Jar is back. Um, No spoilers for uh, The Force Awakens, (laughs) Um, which I haven't seen yet, and you're seeing it right after this, I guess, so we'll keep this trucking. We heard Khalif didn't like it in Minnesota. Well, he liked it in Tampa, man. He's off. He's off. Yes, which is starting to clear up a little bit. We talked about, you know, what are you going to do with your starting 11, and, um, I mean, Lang... Yeah, is more talented than al
0: Hassan, so it makes sense. This is the biggest like guy leaving, I think Minnesota since Connor Tobin left us to go to Carolina, or maybe Matt Van Ockel last year, but he, I don't know. I don't know if I, yeah, probably, probably people were pretty disappointed about Matt Van Ockel too. Pretty close. Um, one
1: theory that I, my my brother had suggested is that when a player leaves MLS, their rights are still technically owned by the team, so there is a chance that Khalif. I mean, this is totally spitballing here. Um, so shout out to you, Jake. Um, but there is a hey, chance, man, aren't you, Jake? uh, yeah, if in case, um, Detroit, uh, all these other places I pissed off, if you want to yell at me, yell at me at J A K E R U E T E R on Twitter. <laughs> um, I will love to handle your complaints
0: with my red hair. Um, that's an interesting theory though. So that if we moved up to MLS, he would have to either leave or go to Portland. We would so have had not... to buy his rights. Yeah. So why that's not, why not make with. the move now? Yep.
1: Hmm. Um, Intriguing. There's a chance that was the case. Who knows? Uh, On Santos, uh, Robert Hernandez, they were both released. Richie Menjavar, Brian Shriver, they're out of contract.
0: They're probably gone. There was some bile spilled about Menjavar being out of contract and how they still need to to snag him because he was pretty good last year. Mm -hmm. But anyway. He's the one of the four that sounds like is most likely
1: to come back. But at this point, they don't have deals for Tampa. Um, ben Sweat re-signed multi-year deal so he'll be around for a while yay no, no word on whether Febreze will be brought back along with him oh that's true um, you would have to think that it'd be some sort of partnership or maybe like a, um, some sort of air filter at the least is going to be needed <laughs> <laughs> um, so no news on that. We'll let you know in 2016 how that looks. Georgie Ristoff is going to return. He's listed as a forward this year, so he might be playing up front, which would make sense then, Position he'll, change. He'll, Things are going to be so different. Now. He'll be playing up front, likely with Tom Heineman, and then you'll see Freddie Adu and Khalif Al Hassan behind them. It's getting weird to say Khalif Al Hassan isn't a part of the team, but we'll get used to it. Matt Pickens is back with the team for beast, 2016.
0: Such a beast in goal. He is.
1: So they're they're set at goalie. Um, Darnell King is also contracted now and Raul Voss joins the tech staff.
0: He was Gunter Kronsteiner's assistant coach back in the day in Lauderdale. Yeah. This one was funny because this, this happened on that first day, right after we recorded the last episode where the, the signings are coming hard and fast in Tampa. We came in like, we have an announcement too, guys. And they came out and announced an AC and I was like, come on guys, you, you got, you got to give me some players. If you want if you want to play the big boys, you got to announce a player guys. And then they did. They announced three
1: starters um, in Pickens, Al-Hassan, and Adou, who are on their no, team no, no, for next this year. Was,
0: this they announced, today, well,
1: yesterday well, they announced today, I'm saying yeah. three days ago. Three days ago, it didn't Whatever. seem like we would talk about them. Now, we spent more time on them than I thought we would.
0: Exactly. Well, Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale, the Strikers, they have, they lost one Inio. Mm-hmm. Um... They were rumored to be signing Ronaldinho, and now he's off to some place called Sion or something. Mm-hmm. But they're going to try to find more. Mm-hmm. You
1: can't stop. You know, you can't stop at one Ineo. You can't you, stop at the Inios. You lose Pinho, you sign Adrianinho. That's true, actually. They signed, I believe he's a 35-year-old from Brazil named Adrianinho.
0: According to some foreign press, it yep. should be noticed. Notice. So there's It's that. not official.
1: They also joined forces... Um, with Brahma, which is a company out of Brazil, for Projeto Campinho, which is an initiative to restore and revitalize 300 soccer fields in Brazil by 2018, which is awesome. So far, 30 of them have been remodeled. They picked one player per field, which seems kind of strange. Like, they're they just, like, driving around, and there's, like, always pickup games going, They're like, uh, you, get in the van, and then they we drive are. off to this
0: tournament. We, we are sitting in the country that has all-star games. Though, so I don't think we that's could, like, true. That is on. true. And, yeah, and Brazilian was, a, was the MVP. So. Yeah. We, we, we had this sweet pitch, uh, photo where they have kind of a half cutaway of this like mud pitch. And then the rest of the photo is exactly the same angle, except now it's got like brand new turf. It's super cool. It's super yeah. Cool. They did that's a good job
1: with that. There's no like cheesy line in the center of it of a before after. It just looks like one fluid pitch. So that was cool. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, they picked 30 dudes, got them in a the car. Um, And they played a pickup game this morning. And uh, Ronaldo was there watching it with the idea that the player that impressed him the most,
0: or the MVP of the game, if you will, would be signed to a six-month contract with Fort Lauderdale. I hear there were rumors that he was going to step on the pitch in the final, but then decided not to at the end. Um, So yeah, he did pick a guy named Rafael Roques to sign a six-month contract, as you were saying, which to me is very cool, first of all, very, very cool. I think it's awesome giving a guy who's an amateur... It was open to guys who are 25 or above in amateurs. But my question is, Fort Lauderdale has now used one of its seven international spots on this guy, presumably. If Mm -hmm. he is actually signed to the senior team as opposed to the NPSL. Mm -hmm. That seems really rash for a guy who has no professional
1: soccer pedigree. If they were planning on filling all seven of those slots, yeah. There's a chance that they were just going to... I mean, every team has open tryouts. Maybe they're just thinking that for depth, they're going to bring in from there and really draw from like the Floridian market or draw in just from the domestic market in general. And they weren't going to need all seven spots. Then again, I mean, you bring it up. It's a fair point. We just saw what happened with Minnesota this past year with maxing out your international slots and having to let go of some center back depth. So who knows? That's a very good point. Um, It'll be interesting
0: to watch how this plays out as we move forward. Miami in Florida. Man, we've been in Florida the last like, few stories. It's still in teams Florida. We the need some teams somewhere else. Man. Yeah. But Miami decided to sign Brad Rusin. And that officially. We knew it was going to happen. And Blake Smith, formerly of Indy 11. No, he's the dude who was in Switzerland, dude. My bad. I was like, okay. so many signings, they're all like stuck in my head. Blake Smith's the guy who had played for Indy, was off in, I think, Switzerland somewhere. And now he's in Miami. So there you go. Miami owner Ricardo Silva, also, there was this really cool article that was published by The Telegraph on him, and it it has a lot about who he is, like, what he owns, so go read it if you're trying to figure out why I have so much confidence in Miami, go read about him, because as a a business person, as an owner, he is something special. But anyway, he talked a lot about his team, about what, what their plans are, but he also mentioned why he didn't choose to go MLS and instead chose nasl someone had told me a while back that he actually had a choice to to join the beckham consortium in miami so and, and he chose not to and he, and he mentioned his article that the reason he didn't choose mls was the expansion fee and by the way he also said that the fees are low in nasl but they're gonna go up inevitably so i might as well get in. so he didn't say uh oh nasl is always gonna be this like little league that's like more affordable and open he said no the, the fees are gonna go up so i'm sorry nasl fans uh, we might reach a day when things aren't the same as oh, no they are today. I could see that. Yeah. And uh, then anyway, he also mentioned that an MLS's need to build a new stadium was something that kind of got him uh, hung up. He said, Miami has so many other stadiums, why would we build a new one? He said that the Dolphins had actually offered to have the, or shown some interest in having NASL Miami play in their stadium, but he thought that was too big for the moment. Well,
1: I mean, there you go. And it's good to see. I mean, it's cool to see the NASL, their owners, their partners, what have you, getting these sort of write-ups and getting this sort of recognition. Yeah. Um, we joked about it a little bit on the season review where we had a few guests, um, but Jason Mora had a huge write-up on ESPN FC Asia. So it's cool to see that, I mean, these uh, the figures, the league really is taking off more. It doesn't look like it's a year-to-year basis where we might not even have four teams that can make the league. I mean, now we're talking about expansion to 57 teams by uh, June. So (laughs) we'll see how that goes. Or by Tuesday, rather. Um, So we'll see. Speaking of possibility of adding teams, FC Juarez, Mm -hmm. which currently competes in the second division of the Mexican soccer system, is wanting a team, quote, north of the border. Now... Who knows? <laughs> Might as well. Um, it, it's interesting to see like a, a second tier team wanting to get a team in a second tier league as well. But that said, if the ownership group wants one, I could see a partnership with a team in Texas or Arizona, one of these more southern teams
0: states. I mean, who knows? Sure, I, I'm I'm not opposed to having more teams in this league at all. Facebook, there was a Facebook, random Facebook event created saying that uh, the Scorpions were going to face the San and... Oh, not Scorpions. The New York Cosmos were going to face the San and... San. <laughs> I just, I'm just. i sorry. Is this the first
1: recorded instance of someone mistaking the Cosmos for the Scorpions? No, it was
0: because it's San Jose. I I, got uh, okay. up. I, I just going to say, San as far as
1: the similarity between the two teams, All right. just keep going.
0: Let, let's Let's dial back for a second. The Cosmos are going to travel to Avaya Stadium in San Jose to play the San Jose Earthquakes mm-hmm. for a friendly, mm-hmm. apparently, in the preseason. And, of course, that kicked off a whole other round of Cosmos
1: to MLS rumors, especially now that the league is looking to get to 28. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Cosmos to MLS? Yeah. Do you have thoughts on that? Um, I think... Okay, I'm just going to put it this way, which is that there was a lot of Cosmos supporters showering like Twitter hatred. I mean excessive amounts of Twitter hated. From the point that, like, the Cosmos CEO, Eric Stover, on Twitter said, like, hey, guys, take a time out of your rants and hot takes to pay attention to this charity I'm talking about. So he actually noticed it and called them out himself in kind of a kind way. There were these rants and ravings at San Antonio fans for being okay with the fact that their team might be USL or that their city is trying for an MLS team, which, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, my team might... I, 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 I might have to support a team in a different league. Next year, mm-hmm. sorry, Gordon Hartman was the one who chose not to like continue his team. The fans have nothing to do with it, and you know, given like as long as a, a specific team doesn't kill my team, whatever, support soccer. Like my my objections to the Minnesota Wilf MLS possibility were that it was gonna that he was gonna try to compete with my team. Hartman gave it up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, point is, Cosmos supported raving. one of the insults was thrown was oh look at you guys going to MLS blah blah blah. Uh, I'm sorry, Cosmos supporters. The reaction of the massive number of Cosmos fans is going to be exactly the same if you guys are chosen for MLS, okay? I, I can't speak to how likely it is or what, how, whether the Cosmos organization will do it or whatever. Sure. But all I'm saying is, this, this we as Cosmos fans are different and expect different stuff, Bo, Like, the the vast majority will be just fine if y'all go to MLS. I've never understood fans
1: that support a league as an entity, like purely through and through. I am, I I get it. Like people will say, you know, I'm a fan of MLS. I love watching the premier league, but of saying, I like this iteration of this team in this league. There's something about that. That seems so strange. Yeah. I mean, for San Antonio, it sucks to be moving probably leagues, but you support the team through and
0: through. Like you said, particularly when, when it's this, the way it is right now, man, our, our attendance was doubled almost Mm -hmm. when, when we were announced for MLS. It's, it's your team becoming more financially stable. And getting more exposure. I mean, there, there's that's just the way it is. Someday, if there were, like, two equivalent leagues that were fighting and, like, in a death struggle, I I'd still, like, it annoys me that we focus so much on the business of U.S. soccer. Unfortunately, some of it is reality. We have to. I mean, there are some real questions about what system is right and what isn't. But I don't think it's to the point where you can criticize somebody for wanting to support the one pro team that's in town. Yeah. Anyway, let's move along before we get into Crazyland. Sure. On this discussion, final piece of news is the Minnesota United just literally about an hour ago announced that they're going to be playing a preseason tournament in February in Portland. The it's a, some sort of like hipster name like the Simple Preseason tourney or some crap like that. Whatever. We get to dust off our Portland Timber and Vancouver Whitecaps songs as the dark clouds are a, a little bit early. There's mm-hmm. already some talk about people catching flights to Portland. I don't think I'm going to be in that group. I. February is probably one of the hardest times of the year for me. Why Do you think you're going to go, Jeff? Well, I mean, my birthday falls in the middle of that. And I think that
1: there's really... There would be no better way to spend my birthday than in Portland watching a United game. So we'll see. All right. Um, But along with those two teams that you mentioned, the old stalwarts of the old NASL, we've got the Whitecaps, we've got the Timbers, and then we have the Chicago Fire. So three candidates for our first major rival. Because rivalries are important, Notch, right? Oh, my
0: God. Seriously, dude. I... Fire, okay, I can get because they're kind of regional. Yeah. Also, I used to like go to a few fire games and they, I never really got onto them. So, so I could I could see the fire, but you gotta have something real to like conjure up a rivalry, man. This like force stuff, uh, nah, son. And especially
1: watching what happened in New York this last year. Because the Red Bulls are like, no, our rivals are D.C. United. The NYCFC isn't a rival, you know, and, and I get it. You know, inner city or in this case, you would think like, yeah, Chicago's the logical choice because it's the one just down a couple of freeways. Um, the, the cities seem to like all of their teams have rivalries. You would think so. But historically, there's also a case to be made for Kansas City. I mean, with recent history right. with the U.S. Historically, the case is made
0: that's Milwaukee.
1: Right, but there's no Milwaukee team so you have to move
0: through. It's unfortunate. I don't know. Would you yeah. want soccer in Milwaukee? Which league would you give a Milwaukee team? All right. All right. Well, uh with that uh rivalry 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 discussion, um let us finally call this emergency podcast to a to an end. My wounds have all been patched up. We are now assured that we will remain the uh in the NASL as far as podcasting is concerned. Good. So as I can go always, back to Russia. Find us at TW United fans on Twitter. I am at Lock Stock Spock. Where are you, Jeff?
1: I am at J E F F R U E T E R.
0: Fantastic. Uh, subscribe to us on Stitcher, subscribe to us on SoundCloud. Wait to subscribe on iTunes until I send you a note about where our new iTunes feed is going to be. We are going to be off until the week after Christmas, so hang tight. I've been told there are going to be announcements in Christmas week, which. Uh, but anyway, we'll we'll cover those after we're back. Have a great holiday season, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.